Welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about music. Each week, your host tries to bring stories from artists and others in the music industry. Go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Check us out on all social media. Instagram, at It's a Music Thing MB. Facebook, It's a Music Thing. And the website is itsamusicthing.com. If you feel so inclined, you can drop your host, Dwayne Larson, an email. It's a music thing, MB at gmail.com. Without further ado, here is your host, Dwayne Larson. Welcome back to It's a Music Thing, the podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Larson. On today's show, I'm super stoked. We are sticking with the Fukoff concert that happens in Quebec City, in Quebec. Uh, you know, as you heard on the previous episode, had to switch it up. It's all online now. But, you know, it's a great experience, kind of like the Big Fun Festival here in Winnipeg. It's a great experience to learn about new artists, discover new music. And this is, I got a chance to talk to one of the artists on on this year's festival her name is or her name is Leela and she just released or just released 2018 she released an EP called Quiet as Fire and she will be dropping a new EP here in 2021 very soon uh, she's performing February 16th head over to the website um, and if I could find it for you real quick it you know it, it would help if I knew what I was doing but uh, head over to Le Fuck Off web- website, and that's P-H-O-Q-U-E-O-F-F.com. And click on artists, click on, um, you know, if you don't understand French like me, you will have to get it, uh, hit, the, hit the translate button. But it's a bunch of good music. It's running from, what are they, what are they running from? The 12th to the 12th to the 20th of this this month yeah of february so head over there check everything out it's 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 a really great festival i'm super excited to be i guess part of it sort of but to learn about it and yeah i hope everybody enjoys my conversation with leela oh yeah and i should mention because you know i've got an adult brain um head over to the wpg.ca check out what those folks are doing it's really great um it's full of i mean i don't even know what more i can say about these guys they've 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 brought me on um as part of their podcast or to be part of their podcast network and they've got some great podcasts going on they've got a lot of great content so get over there support those guys and yeah so here you go here is my conversation with leela all right i guess uh to start it all off who am i speaking with today <laughs> Yeah, who am I now? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Well, I'm Lila, and I am a singer, songwriter, artist. Like I like to say, just artist in general, because I don't just do music. Mm-hmm. So, just like artist, and I am from Quebec City, 
and so I usually speak French, but I also like, but I sing in English, so like that's why. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm okay in English, but yeah. So I do like music mostly, but I also do like um, visual arts, and um, so yeah, that's why I say <laughs> artist. I mean that's fair, and the the way I start off my podcast all the time is with this question. Do you remember the first, your first memory of music, hearing it outside of like a nursery rhyme or a lullaby that really captured your attention? Um, that's a great question. Like, I don't know. I remember like ever since I was like a baby going to like festivals with my parents and like, but I remember like, um, my parents, by my dad, especially listening to a lot of like classical music. So I don't know. I feel like that's like the first kind of music that I heard. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. I've heard like other things, like Pink Floyd and like Genesis and stuff. But yeah. I feel like classical music has like stuck to me, and it's like a memory I have of listening to like Mozart, like uh, to help me fall asleep when I was like really young so I don't know I guess that's my first like memory like memory of any like yeah like interaction with music and and growing up in your house was your was your house very was it very musical did your did was there like always music on did your your parents play play music musical instruments yeah um yeah my dad plays the drums (laughs) but like for mostly for fun like he was not like a drummer in a band or whatever but yeah I literally like always listen to music I've been going to festivals with my parents before I was even like actually born and like always listening to like music from like French Quebec music to like English, American, British, whatever, and classical music, and a lot of like world music as well, like a lot of um, African music. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't know, like my. So yeah, I grew up with like music always being present, and I also like started playing the violin at like five. So. Was was that the first instrument you picked up? Was was yeah. the violin? Other than maybe possibly beating on your dad's drums as a kid. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, I never really played with his drum because, like, I don't know. I'm like scared of like loud noises. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to play the violin because it's like really hard mm-hmm. and like, but I don't know. I was. I wanted to play that and so my parents were like okay let's let's do it so I started like yeah around like five years old I think until I was like 14. And so what what's the violin did you kind of like the more classical side of things or mm. did you more like the because I had a um I never know what to call folks that play the violin because some people if you call them fiddle players they get really mad because <laughs> you know fiddling is more um you know the 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 kind of jigging kind of upbeat music or you've got like actual classical violin players so mm-hmm. what was it the classical music that kind of drew you in or and do you enjoy or did you enjoy um like the the kind of fiddle 
kind of more Celtic roots music? More like the classical, mm-hmm. and that's like how I learned. And I like was playing like classical, like really classical pieces. And like, I don't know, at five years old, I don't know what like draw draws you and mm-hmm. draws you to an instrument. Like, I guess I just like saw someone play or like I was hearing it in the music I was hearing with my parents and I liked the sound of it. Like, obviously, when I started playing, it didn't sound as nice as those songs. <laughs> and it's like, you know, um, you, you start to play it as a kid and then like I don't know like it's not like you imagine it's gonna be as in Mm. like you actually have to practice and like yeah obviously when you're like five six seven even more like you don't want to practice like you don't want to pick it up you don't want to play those pieces but I remember like yeah so I like had like the classical approach to it which, like, I don't know, I never complained about it. Like, I, I was never annoyed, and I was never drawn into, like, doing more, like, um, jazz stuff or whatever. I don't know. I guess I was just happy with the classical approach. But, I don't know, I, like, I, like from the start, the, I guess it was in me, like, the songwriting aspect of it and everything, because I, like, I would play the piece, and I would change notes in it, because to me, it sounded like better. Mm-hmm. Like these notes sounded better than the actual like sheet that I had to follow. And the teacher was just like, that's not what you're supposed to play. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know. You know, like it just changes. It sounds better. And she's like, not quite sure that's how it works, but okay. So I don't know. I guess like it was always like there, like the, the wanting of like creating my own Mm -hmm. thing but I don't know it just like but it didn't start until I was like way older like 17. I mean it sounds excuse me it sounds like at a pretty young age you were already starting to realize even though you may not have realized that you want to produce and arrange your own stuff like take inspirations from this this and this and just kind of mix it all up and then make it you yeah exactly and like obviously i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that until like a long time Uh, actually until like i went to right because here we have this like high school and then sejip and then university like okay yep so i like i guess i never like realized until i finished high school and started which is like the in-between like before you go to university you do that kind of like a grade 13 if you want to call it something yeah like like it's like 13 14 and even 15 depending on the program it's Mm -hmm. like two three years anyway so I enrolled like in the music program and like I started doing it and that's like that when I was old enough to actually realize that like yeah I don't care about following like a a sheet of music I don't want to have to read like a part or anything I want to write my own part I want to write my own lyrics and like and had you being in had you been writing your own stuff before that or just kind of like tinkering around with with other stuff yeah more like 
I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to say that I had hadn't started writing my stuff really until I was like 18. Like, yeah, I was writing some notes because I, I like love writing and I've mm -hmm. always like been writing. But it was never like, oh, I'm going to write a song or whatever. Like, I really feel like the first song I wrote was when I was like 18, which people, I feel like people are mostly like saying, oh, I wrote my first song when I was like 13. And I'm like, 13? <laughs> like, no, but, I wasn't there at all. But. but the big thing is they may have wrote a song when they were 13, but was that any good? Like, is, there, yeah, is it something that, that you want out in the world? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying that. That's why I stand with my statement of, like, the first song I wrote was when I was, like, 18. Because the rest is nothing to me. Like, And, and you had said your parents were taking you to, to festivals in, in Quebec, Quebec City. Do you remember yeah. the first live music event you ever went to? Oh no, this is a great question. I feel like I've seen so many shows ever since I was like able to remember mm -hmm. it that I kind of like don't remember which one was the first, but I I don't know. I just remember being at festivals without necessarily knowing who was playing. And it's like I don't know, it's kind of weird. I feel like I haven't like had like those artists that I remembered until I was like more like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like I had a weird relationship with music as if like, yeah, I was listening to music all the time. I was playing the violin and I was interested in music, but like I wasn't, I didn't know like many artists or whatever. I knew the artists my parents would listen to. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like I started be really being myself at all, like when I was like eighteen. <laughs> and so weird. what was one of those artists like you just said when you started kind of becoming yourself and really, I guess, figuring yourself out? What was one of those artists that really spoke to you or that opened kind of opened your eyes to this other side of music? Mm -hmm. I remember like very clearly it was like one of my great friends who like showed me a bunch of like um like new emerging music like underground artists and obviously like that band still sticks around with me it's daughter like the band daughter like I remember that was the first band that like blew my mind i don't know like it made me want to do music and do the kind of music i do and like <laughs> everything like it made me yeah. want to get this haircut like even <laughs> it's so stupid but <laughs> and like it's also like it's like, obviously it's not like one of the first shows I saw because I saw like a lot of like shows as well at uh, like French musician mm -hmm. like I remember listening to a lot of uh, Pierre Lapointe uh, who's from Montreal who's like uh, pretty well known in like Quebec and Europe and like I remember him like was one of the first artists that I really listened to and like that it made me feel something and like but it was 
thinking about it, it was really mostly classical music. I don't know why, like, mm-hmm. but I guess it's because uh, I all my life I've like done figure skating, and you know, like figure skating is like mostly like people skate to classical pieces. Yeah. Because lyrics weren't allowed up until like two years ago. Now you can skate on whatever you want, which is really cool. So like people were like usually always pick up like those really classical pieces. Mm-hmm. So that's I feel like that's also part of like why classical music I feel was like the main like music that was present in my life because because of figure skating that's what I was hearing when I was watching figure skating when I was figure skating myself and yeah. like movie like soundtracks uh scores you know I um, I used to drive uh a Zamboni and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna lie I hated figure skaters I hated you folks <laughs> because I had to go out and clean up or in like fill in all those like the the pick marks oh yeah on the ice and then you know and i didn't care so much but i always got in trouble from like the hockey players that came on afterwards because if you didn't fill them in perfectly then there's huge divots and then i heard it from them and then it's just like oh you guys are killing me here because it's always in the same spot when you just at the bottom of the circle when you're coming out and you do your 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 um your jumps yeah it's and watching it's just i would cringe sometimes seeing you know you see that that toe pick going in you're just like oh boy this this is gonna be bad yeah and like well we we go really fast Mm -hmm. so like you have literally no control on like how big the hole is gonna be like because yeah the goal is to like jump as high as possible so you can like make the most turns but like my dream was always to drive a zamboni like <laughs> really? at least once yeah did, did you I ever never... i was no oh it's <laughs> not yet it yeah, there's still time still time because it's i whenever yeah. i tell people that i got a chance to like i was a zamboni driver they think it was the coolest thing in the world and i'm like it's cool for it's cool it's cool for a little bit but you're essentially a glorified janitor because when you're not driving the zamboni yeah you are sweeping mopping cleaning doing all that stuff but yeah in the arena yeah yeah, but the first time driving zamboni in front of like a full crowd of people was (laughs) it was a little nerve-wracking and you're hoping you didn't miss a A little spot spot, because then you'd have to go back (laughs) and around in front of everyone and then you just get jeered and cheered and Oh my god! It's very embarrassing. Like, I feel like I really, I'm really like obsessed with like symmetry and like things being symmetrical. And I think that the reason why I wanted to do the zamboni is because it's like so perfect. You know, like you go around the eyes and like you go, and it's like they always go. They always like they do this part. They do a part, and then when they do the next part, they're like just on the edge of the part they did i don't know it's yeah like satisfying to me and like it, it's good when it goes perfect it's horrible <laughs> when it's not because i'm i'm a lot like you i like symmetry i wouldn't say i'm ocd about a lot of stuff but that was one thing because it's such if you miss a little bit it is such a glaring mistake because everything yeah. is like that nice sheen nice and clean 
And then even if there's like a little bit like that much, it's just this powder white. And it's like, oh, I hate yeah. this. I hate this so much right now. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping you get a chance to drive a Zamboni sometime because it, it is kind of fun. <laughs> One day. <laughs> and so when did when did you start playing your music live? Like, do you do you remember your first show? Uh, yeah. So, OK, it's like kind of funny because, like I said, I played like my first I like. When I started singing, actually, I always, like, wanted to sing or whatever. I always was singing, but it was never, like, serious. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So I remember, like, I did my first singing performance in front of people when I was in, like, my last year of high school. And, like, it was for a contest, whatever. But then I went to music school, and then it kind of, like... So I was singing, obviously, because I was like studying music slash singing. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a pop jazz music program. So I had like singing classes, uh, solo in group, uh, classical singing, classical ensemble, like everything. Like I sang like every type of music. And like that was interesting, but it also like kind of like drained me, I feel. It like made me pissed at music sometimes even. I was like, ugh, I don't want to do this. But I don't know. The first, so, but anyway, the first year I was in school, I did like The Voice, <laughs> which is funny. So like, it's weird because like all these things, I don't qualify them as my first performance, mm -hmm. even if it was a performance because, you know, like, when you're on The Voice, you literally perform for like an audience, a live audience and millions of people who are like watching you. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, I don't know. I always think when I, when I think back on it, I always think I wasn't myself. So weird because I, I was, you know, but I would say my, so I feel like my first really performance was, um, after I did The Voice, I don't know, I got booked at Le Grand Théâtre de Québec, which is like the Grand Theatre of Quebec City, which is like this really, really, really big venue in Quebec. It's like 2,000 people, I think. Oh, wow. I don't know. It was like a special show for like, uh, I don't even remember what, but they asked me to perform and I was just like, you don't even know who I am. Like, I'm no one. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we saw you on The Voice and we thought you were great. I literally like had written like four songs of my own, five mm -hmm. that were like good to publicly show, I mean. But anyway, I said yes. And they were like, so you'll be playing alone if you want. And the stage is like huge stage. And I was just alone with my guitar. I just started playing the electric guitar oh i don't know like <laughs> i was just like there alone and it was like two thousand people watching oh my so i play my songs and i'm just like i don't know what the hell i'm doing but and they were like it pays a thousand dollars and i was like what that's amazing like, my first ever show like uh anyway i feel like that was really the first show that made me be like okay that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and then of course like, I have started doing like a series of duo show as Marianne Poirier because that's my name <laughs> and like it's really like not that long ago that I actually became Lila it was like in 20 February 2018 yeah so it's like pretty recent so as Lila my first show was on February 16 like 2018 but as Marianne which like at that time I was still Marianne I didn't really know like do I want to sing in French do I want to sing in English do I want to do both like what is my style is it folk is it like indie is it folk French I like literally didn't know until I came up with the name Lila and stuff. I feel like that's where I was really like, okay, I like found myself. I found my my style and like the image I want to project and the sound I want to project as well. And I, I, I have to ask, what what made you want to kind of sign up for The Voice? And where, where was this? Was this like in, like in the US, The Voice? No, see, oh. Oh, there's a kitty. Oh, it's a fluffy <laughs> kitty. Sorry, everyone. This I know it's a podcast, but her, yeah, her, her, like... her very cute, very fluffy white cat just walked behind her. So, you know, not that you <laughs> yeah, think they're... we're both crazy or something. Yeah, they're always there, those cats. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I don't know why I signed up for The Voice was, I don't know, it looked fun mm-hmm. like it looked cool and you know I like wanted to sing I wanted to like get no quote unquote get known and like I don't know just like for fun you know it's yeah. free you don't have to pay like you just go you audition if you're selected you 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 are content you're happy and yeah. you go do the blind audition and then if you're chosen and you go ahead and whatever you know and how, so how far was, did you make it into that whole process? Uh, until like the step that's called like the battlefield. So okay. it's like, so I did the blind edition, the duets, by the duos and the, the, the battlefield. So it wasn't too bad. Like I would have like kind of liked to experience the, the live performances because mm. like those were like pre-recorded stuff yeah um uh, i would have liked to do at least like one of the live shows but i didn't but it's okay and for the for the music did you get to pick what songs because like i've i've watched a bunch of yeah kind of like horror <laughs> no. stories and read some horror <laughs> stories about reality tv shows like that and like the yeah. long waits and all this other stuff did you get to pick the music that you wanted to to sing or perform or is that the producer's choices to kind of give you a list of stuff to sing we yeah um i wouldn't say like but for real like there wasn't like any like horror i, th- I don't know for me it was like a really fun experience and mm-hmm. i'm like really like freaking glad i did it because it was fun and like it really it really again it really helped me realize that it's not in school I wanted to be Mm -hmm. I wanted to be out there and I wanted to play shows and write my songs and sing and like meet other musicians and like share thoughts with them and not like teachers I don't know so I don't know I'm really glad I did it but 
for the question of like the songs um it's kind of like you choose but you don't choose so like you like which is like thinking about it thinking about it I often am like damn I should have like stood up for myself and said that I didn't want to sing this song or that song you know but you basically like give them a list and uh they pick a song out of that list okay. for every performance you do you're gonna do except the duet because that's the like coach that picks the song mm -hmm. so they pick in that but then sometimes they'll be like oh we're not able to have the rights to any of the songs you put so pick another song or they give you a song you know so it's mm -hmm. kind of like you're pretty free and like but they also like decide they decide the song you sing but you gave the songs that you wanted to sing but i don't know in my case they like i don't know they really it was kind of not stupid but they really like they really like target people as in like oh you're the like you're the cute girl or you're the oh, okay i don't know oh you're the the really tall guy who's got like this really high voice yeah. you know like they really like have like those categories And I get it because, like, it's a show. It's a reality TV. It's not real life. Yeah. It, it's kind of like so, with, with boy bands or female groups yeah, or whatever. Exactly. It's like, you know, like the, the Spice Girls. There's a sporty one. There's the rich one. There's, you know, yeah, everyone's cataloged. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, so they really, like, cat cataloged me as, like, the cute person. Which, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. But... They like had me sing uh, a song that was that I had put in my list. Yeah, but it was like last bottom of my list. But it was a song by one of the coaches, which is like Pierre Lapointe, the artist I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier. And so, yeah, I put a song of him because like he's like an artist that I really like singing the songs of. So obviously they picked that song. So I have to sing that in front of him. Okay. And then, like, for another part, they picked another song of his. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah. no, please. Oh, like, it was so weird. But I don't know. Like, everything happened so fast. And I was just like, okay, whatever. But thinking back to it, I'm like, damn, I should have, like, said something. I should have said that. Because they never had me sing in English. And I feel like mm. I sing better in English. Like, I feel like I can show more of like my sense, like my voice mm -hmm. through English because there's like less words or the words are like shorter. Mm -hmm. than I mean, my... and, and that also comes with time learning kind of how to stand your ground and stand up for yourself and yeah. really show, you know, what you want to be and showcase as an artist, which it very much sounds like you figured that out in in kind of in 2018 when you released your ep yeah exactly and so when yeah. you when you recorded your ep which um is entitled uh, quiet as fire yeah. what was it like going in because did you go into a recording studio to do that uh yes and what was it like kind of like stepping foot in a recording studio with i'm assuming for the first time mm -hmm. um It wasn't the first time, like, it was the first time as Lila. It was the first time, like, as this is my project, this is what it sounds like. And it was the first time with, like, uh, other musicians. Because, like, 
I like a cello player, violin player, uh, a drummer, and um, guitar player, and me. Mm-hmm. And my producer who like we did like tweak like drum machines together and stuff like that as well. So it was the first time as that. But I had been in the studio before, but first of all with the voice, because like uh we go to the recording studio to like practice the song and record our songs for rehearsal and stuff. So, you know, I had like already been in the studio and like uh I had recorded like a a first solo EP like two years prior to that in a studio, but it was just myself and a producer. Mm -hmm. And I also released, because in 2018, I released like two EPs, like uh, Songs from a Room. That is a demo EP, uh, EP of demos that I recorded like in my bedroom. Uh, So that was like not in a studio, obviously. But yeah, for Quiet as Fire, I was like, okay, I got like some sort of grant for it. So that's why, first of all, I went to the studio and then I started, like I knew the producer from like work he had done previously. Cause he's like, he works a lot with like for uh, contemporary dance shows, theater, uh, plays, circus shows and like not circus, like this, stereotype of circus mm-hmm. you imagine but more like contemporary circus yeah. shows and stuff so i like knew what he was like the kind of thing and he was doing and working with and i wanted to work with him because like i don't know you i don't, I don't know if you've listened to the music mm-hmm. but i feel like it's pretty like um cinematographic cinematographic i don't know how to yeah. pronounce it well it's like truly a music that like you close your eyes and like you have images you know Mm -hmm. like you picture something whatever it is and like i don't i don't want to say oh this song is this image like i really want everyone to like imagine whatever they imagine or feel but so yeah so like the recording of that ep was really like a step higher Mm -hmm. and like the process of it too because like now I was myself, you know, yeah. it was like, I know how I want it to sound. I know what my uh, references are. I know, you know, like I had actually had references, like other artists as references, I mean, and mm-hmm. like sounds and instruments and stuff. Because before that, before 2018, like, I don't know, I feel like, I didn't know anything about like synths or like guitar tones and like amps and pedals and stuff like that. I feel like I started learning about it in like 20, the end of 2017. I I was going to ask when, when you went in to record that EP and did you have a fairly good idea what you wanted those songs to sound like and working with other musicians, did you, are, are you open for like open to their kind of input being like, especially if they're like drummers or, you know, that's what they do. And would they yeah. give you kind of direction or would the producer give you direction to be like, well, maybe what about this? And were you fairly open to kind of working with them and changing stuff around like that? Uh, Like, yeah, I feel like I usually like have a very clear idea of like what I want my stuff to sound like. 
uh, I feel like now it's becoming like a little bit more vague, like today, I don't know, with COVID and everything, like kind of like weirded out my brain. But at that time with the four songs from the EP, I like knew that I want wanted them to be really like sad mm -hmm. and really like weeping kind of and like really ambient as well and like the producer I work with because I worked with him again for the new EP that I just uh recorded um it's like I worked with him especially because I knew that he was able to create atmospheres mm -hmm. for music because like I feel like I don't know I like feel like it's not just a song and I don't just want it to be a song. It's like a whole world. Like each song is its own world. Mm -hmm. And so the work was really like done by me, my producer and my, um, my friend, um, guitarist that, so I've, which his name is Anthony and I've been playing with him since like 2016, 2015. So like we really built the thing, us three together. And then we added the drummer who came to play and the string players. Like it was like later on, everything was done. We just added their parts to it. Mm -hmm. So they really just like, and obviously I selected like music players a drum, a drummer that I knew would get the vibe, you know? And like, yeah. he sat, he had never heard the songs. He sat on the drums and he listened to the song once and he started, he's like, great, great, great. Like, uh, I'll try some, cause we were like, oh, we want like really um, long, like floor and kicks and like whatever. And he's like, right, yeah, I get what you mean. Mm -hmm. And like, he literally played and it was right the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was just, I don't know. I feel like I was also like really lucky to have like these really great musicians who like understood the project like right away. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, like, it, it's all kind of the team you put together. Like you said, for the, the new EP, you worked with the same producer because it sounds mm -hmm. like he created what you wanted yeah. in the first one. So why not keep mm -hmm. him on and, you know, just add other folks in that are going to mm -hmm. work very well with you and kind of get what's going on in your head yeah exactly and like even for that new ep the work was again mainly done me my producer whose name is josue bocage and my guitar player anthony again it was like again we prepared and built everything me my producer and partly anthony because of covid like and he lives in montreal and i live in quebec uh so it was really more like my producer and i we built everything and for that new ep though i decided to like play to take my live band like so mm -hmm. i like had my live show drummer play on the album my live show synth player and obviously my guitar player who always always plays with me so i decided to like have those people whom i play my shows with in the studio with me so it was a different approach it was more like of a 
because the song are more like full band this time oh, okay like, they're like kind of they're a little bit less ambient than quiet as fire even if like the there's five songs by the way on it this time the first one and the last one are really like ambient and then you have like the three middle ones who are okay. like more like full band kind of up tempo thing but still i don't know it's up tempo for me yep. because i usually do like i don't know really like calm and soft songs because mm -hmm. that's what i like and that's my energy but yeah i also like to like tone it up and like when it sounds like you bookended the the kind of softer stuff at the beginning and end it's like kind of like you're you're going on you know a road trip or something oh, yeah, and it's exactly. like you start off kind of slow and you're kind of excited and then in the middle you're like up there and it's super exciting and you're having fun and then you're you know on your way back mm -hmm. home yeah the e the new ep is really like and like by i'm gonna say down but down doesn't mean like bad mm -hmm. but it's really like down up middle up and coming back down it's really like yeah the image of for me when i created this new ep the image is really like some sort of road trip yeah like mm -hmm. you're you're in the car and you're looking out the window driving through whatever or you're on a train or on a plane whatever but you're like looking out a window and this is the adventure that it takes you on i don't know and it's called like recollection because it goes from like more ambient more up tempo like middle up tempo and the ambient it's really like a recollection of like my favorite songs that i have written in the past like three years and so and when when are you hoping to when is this this new ep gonna kind of hit so everyone can can hear it uh like i'm hoping for the end of april awesome but like it was yeah it was supposed to come out like in the fall <laughs> but you know because of covid we started recording it like five months later than we were the date we were actually supposed to mm -hmm. record it and so na 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 and i like kind of also wanted to like see if i would maybe be able to play an actual show mm -hmm. which i still don't know but i'm at a point where i'm just like damn like i really just want to release these songs because i want to like keep going you know it's like yeah it can't, i can't wait more than that like at this point i'm i'm, I'm sure it's got to be tough to sit on stuff that you've like it's it's recorded it's ready to go and you just want people to hear what you've been working on because mm. i mean you're excited about it yeah and i i don't know i think it's great you know i don't know and i know that people are waiting on it mm -hmm. you know people have been like people either know that i'm working on stuff because you know i post on facebook and instagram or people are wondering like what's up and yeah. some people don't even know me either and so i'm hoping that they'll get to know me with that ep and that they will also eventually listen to quiet as fire to get a sense of like lila is really like yeah i think it's in general it's a really like dreamy type of music mm -hmm. and soft music 
and like i am not ashamed of playing that no, <laughs> i mean like i'm not ashamed of like playing a slow show i know that like sometimes people are like or like oh you should have like faster songs or whatever but i'm like no like to me i feel like people need softness mm -hmm. you know like I, I feel like there's so many bands and I'm not saying they're not great, but there's so many bands who are like there to make you dance. Yeah. And, and if, I'm like, where are the bands that are there to like soothe your mm -hmm. soul and like ease you and bring you inside of your head and like have you think, you know? Yeah. And be before you release that one in, in the spring, hopefully, hopefully mm -hmm. we'll see it. And I'm also very excited because yeah. I was going through your, um, <clears throat> excuse me, your Bandcamp page and you released uh, Quiet as Fire on vinyl, which I love because yeah. oh, I love, I love, I'm a, I'm a record collecting nerd. So anytime I see people, um, you know, still producing vinyl, it makes me very, very happy because I still love it. Um, but oh, yeah. before you release this new EP, you are going to be playing sort of live and which is kind of why yeah. we're talking to you today um as well as it's very i mean i love this podcast is about every kind of genre facet i myself i i like harder music like punk rock metal mm -hmm. that kind of stuff but i am like i've had folks from every kind of genre you can think of on the podcast because i find it interesting because i like like I love learning about your journey and seeing what, you know, how you got there and why you continue to do it. But mm -hmm. you're going to be performing um, February 16th um, on, yes. I'm going to screw this up because I can't speak French worth anything, <laughs> but what, what festival are you performing on? No, but like say say it because like <laughs> you're so mean. You're gonna make me do this. No, but like okay, the goal okay because this festival, yes, it's called le fuck off, like as in fuck off, like yep. that is literally the mindset behind this name. Okay, because like, but it's written fuck like p h o q u e as the animal the seal like seal in french is fuck oh that okay. makes so much but more sense like, now made a word play like yeah fuck off okay well, so I, off. I i i realized that when like because when i got sent the the release and everything i'm like yeah. the fuck off i'm like and i'm like i i'm it's clever because i obviously didn't think it meant fuck because yeah no it's really bad but that is so clever. And then seeing the little emblem with the seal in it, everything clicked. Yeah, so. that's why there's the seal uh. and the O. Okay, so why is it called like that? And why is it off? Because there is this uh, showcase festival called Rideau, which is, uh, Rideau is curtain in English. Uh, and it's like more like the prestigious... Uh, not bands because it's like the same bands as Le Focus, but mm -hmm. it's more like it's like for uh, bookers, like like people who book shows for venues and like labels and stuff mm -hmm. like that to get to know new artists. But it's kind of really exclusive and stuff. And so the people who started Le Focus, they looked at Rideau, like the the showcases, and they were like, "Man, we could do that with like." 
underground artists because they deserve to be known as much as these artists who are like who already like kind of have a name for themselves mm -hmm. you know so they created that that like it's like in parallel because it's the same dates so they created le focus to like give the the chance to like artists like me to play and get yeah. known because the people who go to rideau they also go to le focus now because yeah they are interested in like the younger people because that's like that's what a lot of that like the younger people are interested in the younger bands like mm. it's kind of like how it goes i think and it, and it seems I like dare a, to say it seems like a really good showcase because here in winnipeg we have mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of it but it's called uh winnipeg folk fest so yeah. when when that does happen and hopefully when it happens again it's this huge yeah. outdoor festival that um folk fest essentially becomes the third biggest city in manitoba because people mm -hmm. come from like all around Canada, the U.S., to to party yeah. and have fun, and they've got like their big their big big acts that kind of headline everything. Yeah. But to me, that's rarely the important folks that I want to see. I want to see people like you that I may not know, and you mm -hmm. go to a side stage, and it sounds like the fuck off really wants to to push that and you know yeah. give give smaller relatively unknown artist uh, a platform yeah. to to really shine and so obviously you're not are you gonna or you're not playing live in front of anybody or in front of yeah. like a crowd how do you and how do you think that's is do you think it's gonna be weird playing just like you and a maybe a small little crew i don't know how they are recording it or if it's an actual live thing uh no well i don't know if like we're allowed to say or whatever but like we already did it oh, okay like... so it's like a pre-record and then it's because mm -hmm. your your it's... episode's airing at uh, february 16th at 1 p.m um yeah all the stuff will be in the description so i i highly recommend folks go check this out but what was it like kind of recording that in front of you know maybe i don't know how what the crew was there like two or three people uh yeah it was like it was okay for real like it was way better than i thought because i was really stressed out mm -hmm. i don't know it stresses me out way more to like uh film a live thing than mm -hmm. like actually play a show in the venue in front of like 200 500 people it's less stressful to me than that than a video yeah and also because like the way they were filming it is like it's really like a show you get there you sound check and then you play you play your set once if you mess up anything it's if you mess up anything at a show you don't really start again you know yeah. you just keep going so it was like that so it was really the feeling of a show except mm -hmm. that you were being filmed obviously so it's not exactly the same yeah but it was like i don't know we had i think like we because uh, i say we as like all of my band we had like i think we had a really great well it was really quick like two hours everything was done we were gone like, nice uh because you know like they want to keep it like they ha they had like many artists to film on, on yeah. in one day and also like covid and stuff the less time you're the less long you're there the the better like uh but it was really fun like for real 
and like I think it's like it sounded really great mm-hmm. and we like it's like 20 minute performance you know so yeah. it's literally you play and you're done and like personally my songs are like five minutes each okay. and more like as you can see on the EP it's yeah. like the ratio is like five minutes so it's really long songs so I was like damn like we can only play like <laughs> four songs and even at four I was like maybe we're gonna have to cut it down to three but it was okay with four like mm. I just like didn't talk like I would usually talk yeah <laughs> so it's more like and then also it's like but it was it was a really great experience but then it's weird it's like do I look at the camera do I like do you not look at the camera like, yeah because like people are gonna watch it and they want to feel like they're watching a show especially because mm-hmm. it's people who are like looking forward to like buying your show yeah. like to book you and stuff like that so obviously they want to like feel that like yeah you're establishing contacts with Mm -hmm. your audience you're looking at them you're like interacting with them well when we play the showcase live it's doable you Mm -hmm. know i because i did the i did le focus like two years ago and so it was like that so i was like talking to people and like they could actually really see me and feel my energy but Mm -hmm. now it's like like how do you do that on camera and on video but it's just like i don't know you don't know so you just like yep you just we just played we were just being ourselves and like hopefully it's gonna it's gonna look great i'm 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 sure it looks great i'm sure it sounds great i'm i'm excited to check it out because um there's a bunch of of people on this build that like i've never ever heard of so I'm very excited mm-hmm. to check out new music because I'm, I mean, I'm always open to finding new stuff within the last month. I found this really great, uh, um, oh, what are they called? Really great group. I think they're from the States called the Growing Concerns Poetry Collective. And they're, oh, it's, yeah. it, they're, they are like, they blew my goddamn mind. Like it was, they're just so good. And it's a lot like your music where it's like, I like to find a nice quiet spot in the house when it's like calm Mm -hmm. and just listen to it when you can really listen to it. And it really just kind of takes you away. You don't have to kind of really think of anything. You just kind of, like you said, you kind of go on that journey and just let yourself go. So yeah. And like, you don't think about anything. You don't think of COVID. You don't think of your annoying animals being jerks in the background, fighting with each other. You're just, (laughs) listening to music and just kind of floating away with that um mm-hmm. where where should people go if they want to kind of check out more of your music uh yeah i was gonna bring back like because you talked about like the vinyl mm-hmm. earlier and i wanted to say about that that yeah like so i did the vinyl for quiet as fire and it like was really expensive. Mine <laughs> <laughs> was not cheap. I, like I don't, I don't like regret doing that at all because I really feel like it's it was a release that was meant to be on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Like, and the vinyl sounds really great, and it looks really cool. Like it's purple, translucent, like vinyl. Anyway. And so it's still available. I still have like a bunch of copies on my band camp um 
so yeah like the best way to listen uh to my music and see my art work because like i also sell like uh Mm t-shirts that i paint on and like tote bags that i paint on and drawings and a bunch of stuff uh on my band camp obviously like everything's there um but i'm also like on like spotify and all those goddamn things that don't <laughs> pay you but i hear you yep i hear you the penny still streaming. on it it's still on it because you it's know the way it's how you get your music heard unfortunately i wish they'd pay more i always try to steer people away from that and i'd like I'm like, go to the artist Bandcamp, contact them yeah. through Facebook, Instagram, buy it directly through them. So you mm-hmm. get most of the money, if not all of the money into your pocket, because that's where it should go. Not to, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, whatever, that's fine. But to really support artists, make sure the money gets in your hands, not apples or spotify yeah no exactly so and like i get it like not everyone has like 20 bucks for a a vinyl or whatever yeah it's 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 kind of the necessary evil which is unfortunate but Mm. it's how how we're consuming music now so Mm -hmm. but and i post a lot on my instagram about like uh my artwork and like updates on new music mm-hmm. and like on Friday I'm releasing a, a video clip on Friday. Nice. Um, so it's for one of my old song from quiet as fire, like the song past and present, but I don't know. Like at this point it's like COVID made everything so weird that it's like, yeah, it's a song that was released two years ago. I'm releasing a, a, cl- a video clip now, two years later but I don't care. It's just, it's content and yep. it's like stuff that people are going to see there. And yeah, it's going to redraw people into listening to quiet as fire, I guess. And I hope, and I'm just like, we filmed it in like September. So it's like pretty recent. Yeah. So it was just a project that we had wanted to do with like people from Montreal who approached me, but yeah, it's coming out on Friday at 5 PM um, East hour like at the montreal hour quebec hour uh so yeah it's for an old song but it's like i i feel like i'm i just want to release material Mm -hmm. until i can actually release the new ep so i'm just gonna like tease people with like like this video and like i have like other stuff planned and like until the end of april because you know i want to like rebring people to like thinking about lila because like i know that some people like maybe have forgotten about my existence (laughs) or like some people don't even know i exist or whatever so i don't know yeah and i'm hoping to um uh bring some new audience into like my music with the release of recollection Awesome. Well, I'm, thank you for doing the podcast. Um, I'm very excited to see the performance. Uh, everybody that's listening, that's Tuesday, February 16th at 1 PM Eastern time, which is noon here in Winnipeg. And you can figure out your own time zone. Yeah. Um, There's a Facebook, there's a Facebook event because there's like a possibility for like bookers and there's like a, a list of viewing for 
the industry and a viewing for the public. Mm -hmm. So the viewing for the public is like later on in the day, like oh, more okay. of a like showtime yeah. hour, you know? Yeah. But all the information on is on like the FOCUF website. website, And, and that'll, yeah. that'll all be in the details. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It was great to, to meet you. It's, um, I'm, like I said, I'm very, I'm a fan. I am very excited to, to see it live because I've never seen you live before. So yeah, I'm excited to see it and yeah, thanks. Well, thanks to you for the invite and like, yeah, if you want a vinyl, they're up on Bandcamp. Well, there you go. There was my conversation with Leela. I hope everybody really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed getting to know her better and learn about her musical adventure and, you know, how she, how she processes things, how she does stuff. Um, she is part of Le Fuck Off, the, the festival running in Quebec, Quebec City, uh, from the 12th to the 20th this month. So go over to uh, fuckoff.com. That's P-H-O-Q-U-E-O-F-F.com. It'll be in the description. Click on it. Click the link. Uh, definitely go check out some of Leela's music. It's very, it's super chill. It's very ethereal. It's, it's, it's really good. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, I highly recommend it. But as always, we, we play you some music. So uh, up first is all obviously all three of Leela's songs. Uh, first up, Past and Present. Uh, second one up, Science of Fish. And then I believe the song is called Psycho Over the Moon. So here you go. I hope everybody really enjoys it. <laughs> 